Become a Leslie's Pro member, and with almost a 1,000 locations conveniently located less than 3 miles from your service route, you can quickly get in and out and take care of your customers. Get Skimmer, America's number one pool service software platform. Listeners of the podcast can try Skimmer for free. Visit my website, swimmingpoollearning.com, and click on the Leslie's Pro and the Skimmer banners to learn more. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Hi, welcome to the Pool Guy Podcast Show. In this episode, I'm going to be joined by Rudy Stinkowicz, and we're going to talk some more about some industry truth and myths. And we're going to talk in this podcast a little bit about the use of borates in your pool, and also the fact that whatever you use in the pool, you should be able to test for to get an accurate accurate dosage. Leslie's Pool Supplies is a proud partner of the Pool Guy Podcast Show. Leslie's Pool Supplies has been do-it-yourselfers and pool trade professionals trusted partners since 1963, providing quality products and services to make pool care easy and solutions and expertise to do it right. And this is the third part in the series that I recorded with Rudy. If you're interested in his educational classes that he offers for the pool industry, you can find these courses on his website, cpoclass.com. Again, that's cpoclass.com. He offers an online CPO class. Also, he offers an advanced chemistry class, along with some courses you can take if you want to get recertified or renew your certification, the CPO certification. And he does a CPO prep class that will help you pass the CPO test. And you can also connect with Rudy on Facebook through his Facebook group, Talking Pools. Simply go to Facebook, go to the search box, and type in Talking Pools. That'll take you to Rudy's Facebook group. Yeah, so if you have a saltwater pool, you have water features, you have a spa spillway, um, you're going to have some crazy pH in there as far as high pH. You will, yes. There's a whole lot of reasons for that. You're also going to get scale buildup on that spillover, and that's almost by design if you look at a saturation index and take a saltwater pool into consideration. Mm-hmm. Um, high calcium or you're going to have heated water in the spill in the raised spa. You have a high pH from um, the electrolysis of the saline solution of the water. Um, then you have an ins- uh, a, a jumped up TDS level from the addition of salt. But there's an expression and I, I didn't create it, but I'd like I would like to take credit for it. <laughs> so they say, they, if you're going to use salt. You have to use pepper. Right. So the borates then they're referring to as or boric acid to get borate mm-hmm. levels, what they're talking about there. Yeah, I really like borates in the saltwater pool. I have a saltwater pool and I keep my borate level about 40. And okay. it, it is a great pH buffer. I add acid to my pool maybe once a week and it stays about 7.8. It'll go up to eight. Um, but before the borate, I can tell you right now, I would be adding acid every three days in there just to keep it under eight. So I think the boric acid or adding borates to the pool in any form is just a great buffer. And it's pretty good for pools without salt, too, because there's other effects. And um, we could probably go into that eventually. Um, um, You're probably a fan of borates, too. I like borates, but I also like automation. And so and either either option is a solution. Um, You're I mean, and the downfall to. Automation is the cost. The customer is not going to be familiar with it. They're going to see the pool guys out there trying to, or the pool girls out there trying to sell them something new, right? So the borates, that's an expensive initial cost. And 
there's also a lot of talk about it. If you if your customer Googles or searches on their search engine um, for borates, some of the things will come up is what is that you know levels above a certain part per million are considered to be dangerous, or really what happened was levels above 50 parts per million in in water that dogs drink has been found to cause reproductive issues, and that immediately gets the homeowners or even even the pool professionals that I've spoken with is well I'm not going to use it then if it causes a problem. But you know, everything we use has a top end level. Mm-hmm. Everything we use has a maximum acceptable level. Chlorine currently at 10 in most areas. I would expect to see that drop to four within the next couple of months, seriously. Um, copper has a one part per million max level. Silver is 0.1 parts per million. All of these things are based off of EPA drinking water standards. And here, you know, we have the maximum 50 part per million level. and even with that, folks aren't really ready to grab on it. But I'll ask outright. I was, David, have you ever eaten tuna fish? Yeah, all the time. Okay. Are you supposed to eat tuna fish every day? Well, I don't know. I mean, I heard different things about mercury. But again, exactly. So you're not supposed to eat tuna fish every day because it has a high mercury level. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. So, but yet you still eat tuna fish, right? Yeah. So what you're telling me is that even though you know it has mercury in it, you still eat it because they told you if you didn't eat it every day, that that was fine. That's your maximum acceptable level. So it's the same thing, except people don't generally drink copious amounts of cool water. They're not supposed to because people put their butts in there. And that's just gross. But, I mean, that's the whole thing. It, it has a maximum acceptable level if we don't exceed it. It shouldn't be an issue. Now, the other thing I would recommend is that any of the pool service folks that are looking at adding anything different or they are adding something different is that we anything that anybody adds to the water that a test kit exists for, they should own that test kit, period. If they don't, they're doing a disservice to themselves and to their customer. Yeah, I, I agree with that 100 percent. Guys add borates and they don't have any way of testing for it. And then I get an email saying, hey, I added boys. How do I know how much I should add or how, you know, um, it's totally something that if you're going to be adding boys, either get um, a spin touch, which, you know, it's a thousand bucks. It's crazy. But they have a boy disc that I've tested. It works great. Or the test strips are decent. Yeah, but you I have to have care. some way of testing. I don't care if they use test strips. As long as they're testing it, that's fine. I mean, you know, obviously, the more accurate, you know, with the photometer, that's what you're going to see. But um, I, as long as you're testing it, it's the folks that aren't testing it that are uh, that should be. I mean, that's generally where we're at. And then folks need to keep that in mind as well, especially if you have folks that start taking care of commercial properties, because a lot of the state codes state that they must own a test kit if it's being used in their pool. So, for example, if you're taking care of a pool, a commercial pool, and you see that you have a dead spot in circulation, we know it's a dead spot because we keep getting algae over and over again in the same spot. So it's either, you know, the returns aren't set up right or somebody damaged the plaster and it gets all pitted like an English muffin, all those nooks and crannies creating a whole bunch of dead spots regardless. So we decide we're going to start adding a copper algicide. Right. Copper works well. It gives you kind of a two pack punch when you add a heavy metal to the water. Lysing occurs. So it actually disrupts the cell membrane of the bacteria, causes it to spill its guts. But um, algae has chloroplasts 
to use chlorophyll to perform photosynthesis, right? So it needs copper in order to perform photosynthesis and it'll readily take it in, but if it takes in too much, it'll actually inhibit photosynthesis. That's important because we're only allowed that one part per million level of copper. So there are some things that we know it takes five parts per million of copper to kill. Mm. So the fact that it takes it in, it'll actually inhibit photosynthesis and then we can knock it out. But if we start adding that copper to do this, we need to let the facility know because they need to own a copper test kit. So those are things we need to keep in mind as well. I, I mean, if anyone who's going to start taking on commercial properties should, if they're in an area that has a public pool code, print that out and read it. I promise it'll be boring, but you should know what's in it. It's gonna be mostly all bullet pointed. It's gonna read like a code, which is not exciting, but you should know what's in it because the other thing that's in there are sales opportunities. There's no reason to leave money on the table and the best place to sell somebody something is in their backyard. And if you're at a commercial property, the easiest sale to close on is one they need to meet code. And those things are all right in there as well. So look at all of it. It can only help you. Yeah, and so the borates in a commercial application, are they? is it allowed in a commercial pool? I'd even, I don't even know. You know, you have to look at a state by state basis. I, uh, borates are NSF 60. So uh, so they they are approved for drinking water from that angle. So, I mean, realistically, check individual codes. Mm -hmm. It's going to vary from area to area. I would doubt if the health inspector would even be testing for it. I don't know. Probably not. I mean, and that depends. What health inspectors test for, that varies area to area as mm -hmm. well. They, um, you know, there's different things that are more prone to happen in different areas. So they're not all... Um, cookie cutter departments across the country. They know what to look for in those areas. Yeah, each inspector is different too. I know when I was doing commercial pools, I had one guy that was so hung up on the spa pH of this mobile home park that you know he was 7.6. If I get any higher than 7.8, he would close the spa down on me. And it was just one of these things where he was just so hung up on that pH in that spa, uh, it was kind of irritating. <laughs> I actually, I, I always try to, um, I've always had a good relationship with my health officials and I always try to, to um, encourage folks when they're out there doing this to, to foster a good relationship because they're the people who can close your pool down. So you yeah. want to kind of like you, but, but uh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so. And I hope you can tune in for the other parts in this series. Again, if you wanted to find the other parts in this series, Simply go to my website, swimmingpoollearning.com. On the banner, click on the podcast icon, and this will give you a drop-down menu of the podcast recordings that I previously have recorded. And you can find the other topics that I'm going to discuss here with Rudy regarding some myths in the pool industry. And if you're in the industry and you're looking to enhance your business, definitely check out my coaching program at poolguycoaching.com. A lot of great benefits for joining that program, including the ability to text me and call me in real time. You can learn more about that at PoolGuyCoaching.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Have a great rest of your week. And God bless. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Yeah! Real quick. If you're not using pool service software, try Skimmer free for 30 days at getskimmer backslash poolguy. 
Again, that's getskimmer backslash pool guy. Skimmer, everything you need to run your pool service business all in one app.